Welcome to episode number 15 of the Beyond 24 Days podcast. Today, we're going to talk about benefits that come not only health-wise, but financially when you embrace Meatless Monday. What's cooking with Brooke and Ken's tips, that and more ahead, so stay tuned with us. Welcome to the Beyond 24 Days podcast with your hosts, Brooke and Ken. Beyond 24 Days is focused on healthier living by promoting whole and natural foods while supporting your local, responsible producers. You can follow us on social media at Beyond 24 Days, where we share our food ideas and recipes. And now your hosts, Brooke and Ken. Welcome back, everybody. And in case you're all wondering, yes, we are here and we are live. Sorry, everybody. We skipped a week. So like I indicated in the blog, life kind of happens and we sort of got bombarded with things and uh, kept putting off the recording of the podcast. And long story short, we are recording the podcast this week for the upcoming week. So we do apologize in the in the lapse of entertainment quality. I was curious if you saw in the news, the I believe it's a chancellor in Germany has banned meat from all government functions. Pretty interesting. Um, I know that we enjoy our meatless meals very much. And it's also interesting to see when other cultures sort of embrace the I guess, Meatless Monday. Hashtag. Hashtag Meatless Monday. I guess we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, But one of the other things before we jump into that, we recently did book our vacation for this summer. And we're pretty excited. We are going to be going ziplining. We're going ziplining in West Virginia. We're going to do some historical travel to Harper's Ferry. And, you know, I have to keep the kids... Engaged. I don't need them melting down on us after too much history. So I had to book something fun. So we're going to be doing a zipline canopy tour along the Potomac and Shenandoah River. Yes, and the interesting is there was a, well, there is, I believe it's a 250-pound weight limit per mm-hmm. passenger. So before we started this journey, that probably was a trip that I wouldn't have been able to do. So... It's pretty exciting to see that uh, my weight will not be holding us back from any sort of adventures that may be in store for us. And we just got done talking about two years ago when we took our family vacation to Washington, D.C. It's been getting so much better as the summers go by. Last year, we took our children to Niagara Falls, which how many miles did we walk in one day last year? It was around 12, I think. Yeah, we walked a lot. around 12 miles around the Niagara Falls State Park. And the year before that, when we went to Washington, D.C., and we were at our heaviest, we also did 12 to 13 miles in one day around Washington, D.C. And the <laughs> it was just a dramatic change from how we handled that much walking and vacation You know, so I'm excited to see this year, since we have lost a little bit more weight since last summer, I'm interested to see how this vacation and all the strenuous activity will pan out. I remember with Washington, D.C., as soon as the day was over and we were done walking, we were done physically. I remember Mm -hmm. we just, we remember we went out to dinner and it was the best dinner in our entire lives because (laughs) it was like we hadn't seen food all day. It was, compared to now, it is a, it was a much dramatic experience. Not so much that it was, you know, filled with drama, but just physically, I just remember being really worn out at the end of that trip. So 
like Brooke said, I think we're really looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we actually sort of cater our trips around a lot of physical activity, stuff that we're going to be doing a lot of walking. And uh, it's always fun to whenever you go to a new place to just walk and sort of take in the scenery and sort of be present in the moment and sort of just absorb your environment. And after all, that's what it's all about when you go on family vacations to be present in the moment. Absolutely. So going back to the Chancellor of Germany and sort of embracing Meatless Monday, I know that Brooke and I were talking about this earlier, and I know that she's got quite a few things to share, not just the health benefits of going Meatless Monday, but the financial benefits of going Meatless Monday. And the conversation started because we took our like bi-weekly trip to BJ's Wholesale today to stock up on a few things. And we just started discussing some of the benefits financially of going, you know, at least one day a week having Meatless Monday. And what I mean by that is, you know, we needed to stock up on some chicken today. So I grabbed a bulk size chicken container. It had four whole chicken breasts in it. When we got home, we filleted those. We cut each breast in half, and we put four halves in freezer bags to freeze. So that gave us two meals right there. And we paid, uh, I think it was almost $9. So there's $9 for two meals. We also needed a new case of garbanzo beans or chickpeas, whatever you'd like to call them. That was... About eight cans in a case, which depending on the recipe, some recipes call for one can, some will call for two. So let's go for, you know, more here. For $5.99, that makes four meals. So you can see where your financial benefit is there. You're getting more. You're stretching it with your meatless substitutes. Um, When I buy lentils, we usually buy them in plastic containers that are about a pound and a half to two pounds. And that runs me about $3.50. And mm-hmm. we'll get four meals out of that because you generally only need a half cup to a cup of lentils for every recipe that you do. And um, also, and also too, if you're trying to cut down on certain meats, like even if you don't want to go completely meatless, but maybe you want to decrease the amount of meat portion that's on your plate, you can, f- you can um, supplement your plate by adding more of these other items like the uh, chickpeas and the lentils and actually stretch out. So we could technically cut that chicken down in half again and stretch it out for, instead of just two meals, we could stretch it out for four if we really wanted to. So there's plenty of options. You know, going meatless on itself will save money, but also if you can sort of spread out what you have. Right. And if you think about it, let's just say we're doing a Taco Tuesday. We only buy grass-fed beef, and, you know, we have a certain spot at our market that we like to buy it, and it's really not that expensive, in my opinion. I've seen it way more expensive for commercial grass-fed beef at a grocery store. We pay about $6.50 a pound, and we're the type of family who, we're like a one-pound family. One pound to feed our entire family of four because... I mean, let's face it, we really just don't need more than that. I think beyond that is a little bit gluttonous it's at that excessive. point. Yep. Um, so that's about six fifty for a pound of grass fed beef, or for one cup of lentils out of that tub that you just bought, 
you're paying like a dollar for the equivalent of a pound of ground beef. So, I mean, the math, the math, it just makes sense. And everybody knows I'm a little cuckoo about planning my meals. I mean, I already have up till December planned out. A little cuckoo. (laughs) But if you think about it in the long run, you start with one meatless Monday, which, you know, it's a cute little hashtag, hashtag meatless Monday. And as you start seeing the financial benefits of it, I've noticed in my meal planning, we are starting to do two, maybe sometimes three meatless meals in a week because it's so nice and freeing when I make my grocery list up to go to the grocery store. All right, well, we're having a meal with lentils. I bought lentils two weeks ago and I still have half a tub of lentils left. Um you know, oh, we still have half a case of chickpeas left. That'll still be another two meals for us. So I find myself buying less things at the grocery store. And I'm only going through that meat department maybe like one or two times every two weeks or so. It's very rare that Brooke comes home from grocery shopping and has a lot of meats. It's mostly vegetables. Yeah. And, and like dried goods. And every so often, the occasional salmon filet will come right. home. But chicken, ground beef. Now, I know the other day we went to market and I did indulge. We have a local turkey vendor who makes amazing gourmet turkey sausages. So we did come home with some turkey sausage. But really, chicken, ground beef, and ground turkey are my staples, and I usually try and buy them in bulk so that I'm not having to replenish the meat situation in our house so often. Well, how about you give us, why don't you reference some of our Meatless Monday meals that we've made that there's cost savings in mind? Well, if you look back through our feed on Instagram or even the blog, you can reference um, the recipes that I'm talking about. We made a black bean soup for dinner the one night, And if you take a meat-based soup, it could cost you upwards of, I don't know, five, six dollars for a pound of chicken to start your soup base out with. But the black bean soup that we made called for two cans of black beans. You go to the grocery stores, most grocery stores usually have beans on sale. So I believe we got two cans of black beans for one dollar. We started our soup base out at $1. Um, The buffalo cauliflower sandwiches that we loved so much. So good. (laughs) One head of cauliflower made two giant sandwiches. So big, in fact, that yes, I wanted another one, but that was just out of pure gluttony. It was not because it did not fill me up. So one head of cauliflower, around $2.50 depending on where you are and what season it is, uh, made two sandwiches. So that fed myself and Ken. Mm. And the carrot dogs. The average bag of carrots is a dollar, a dollar fifty, and you get between eight to ten carrots in a bag. So we had enough to make at least two meals for our family of four for a dollar. I mean, just what a pack of actual hot dogs now can run you five dollars i don't i don't even know the last time we even bought hot dogs well how much that would even cost and another great thing to stock up on is tofu when we have a lot of our tofu meals 
I will grab them at the grocery store. They are always on sale. They're usually two for $4. Or if you buy them in bulk at BJ's Wholesale, you can get a two-pack for about $3.50. So there's two meals with your protein base at $3.50. If you don't plan to use one of those within the next couple of weeks and it's going to expire, tofu freezes. And it thaws great and it tastes just as good. Yeah, we use the tofu. I know we do buy the large packs of it and we end up freezing some because it's just not feasible for us to use it all at once. And I think, too, the other thing is if we were to eat it all at once, you kind of get burned out. That's the other thing, I guess, that's nice about switching over to the plant-based foods is that a lot of it, there's so much variety in there. You can only have, you know, chicken, beef, and ground turkey so much every night before even that gets old so and i hear that quite a bit i'll hear people say like i am so sick of making dinner we eat the same things over and over again and like you can you can plan you can keep staples in your house at all times and do like we do and eat a different meal every night Start that pantry that we've talked about with different sauces and spices and flours and keep your staples, your chickpeas and your lentils and your rice. And the the possibilities are endless and you don't have to eat the same thing every single night. No, in fact, um, we even talked about this too. We haven't had the same meal in, I can't even tell you the last time. I, I was just looking through our Instagram because... When we hit the 365 postmark, uh, we're going to celebrate because <laughs> we'll have a full year's worth of recipe ideas. Basically, you can go through our Instagram now and pick one recipe a day. I think we're in the 200s. We're almost close to 300. So we're not too far off. And that just goes to show you that you don't have to. I mean, we could eat the same thing like those buffalo cauliflower sandwiches. I could eat those every night. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to eat the same things over and over again, unless that's something that works for you. Right. So we're not saying ditch the old time favorites because I will go through and, you know, every couple weeks I will fill in an old time favorite. We'll have spaghetti with a turkey meat sauce. You you need those things to break up the stress of cooking some nights because believe me, there are nights where I'm tired And I have no interest in cooking a prep time meal of an hour and a half, like some of the forks over knives meals call for. Well, they're so good, but the prep time is an absolute killer. I think what we're trying to say is if you incorporate the meatless Mondays into your meal regimen, that it'll help break that up and it'll help sort of... Get you out of that slump. Right. That's what I was going to say. Get you out of the slump. Of just using chicken, beef, pork trying to figure out what you're going to do with that. There are so many plant-based and vegan recipe ideas that you can find that um, cooking with just those kinds of staples not only will help you financially, health-wise, it'll just help you get more creative in the kitchen too. Right. So I think this is also probably a good time for us to take a break. When we come back, we will do... My Ken's special Ken's pick slash tips. I don't know what we're going to call it. Ken's tips. Yeah. So when we come back, Ken's tips and what's cooking with Brooks. So stick around.
Alrighty, welcome back. And we will now go to my segment, Ken's Pick, Ken's Tips. I know that when we talked about running, we talked about building a base. And the same principle applies to nutrition. Being an engineer, I work with a bunch of other engineers, and we tend to overanalyze things. And I often hear silly stuff like, I need to lose weight, so I'm just going to cut carbs from my diet because cutting carbs is where it's at. And I can tell you, when it comes to carbs, no carbs, low carbs, high carbs, it's all hogwash. I think it's important to establish a base first. Find out what works with your body type, because we're all different. Some of us can handle more carbs than others. But when it comes to nutrition, diets fail because when you start to restrict major components of the essential building blocks of your food, it starts to feel restrictive, and then you go into the, well, I can't have carbs, I can't have this, I can't have that. You enter into this negative, I can't have mentality. And this leads to binge eating, where someone orders a pizza for lunch. Oh man, I can't have carbs, but maybe I'll have one slice. One slice turns into six, and then you go to the next phase of everything, and then you start to beat yourself up about it. Oh, Are, I, you, are you speaking from personal experience? Probably, yeah. <laughs> And then that's the thing. And then you sit there and you beat yourself up about it, that you had three slices of pizza and you had all these carbs and now you're angry at yourself. And this is a major reason why diets fail. And I know I brought up this book before and I'm going to bring it up again because this book has become sort of my Bible, Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle by Tom Venuto. It is such a powerful book. And if you're really trying to lose weight and you're you're sort of struggling with weight loss. This is an excellent book. It's it's sort of referred to as the Bible for people who are looking to transform their body. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. This isn't geared towards people who want to become a bodybuilder. This is geared towards anybody that's looking to lose the fat and help feed their muscles. So one of the things that the book talks about is the 50/30/20 rule. of your diet should come from your carbs, 30% from protein, and 20% from fats. So I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, here we go. We're talking about percentages. Is he asking us to count calories? And I know that we previously mentioned how we don't count calories, and we stopped counting calories after we sort of established this base. So what you want to do is download an app to record your caloric intake, whether it be MyFitnessPal or anything that can measure percentage of the macros, carbs, proteins, and fats. And you want to sort of aim for the goal of 50, 30, 20. So what does that all mean? What are carbs? What are proteins? What are fats? All foods are sort of made up of essential building blocks. And carbohydrates can be broken down into simple carbs, like simple sugars, And then complex carbs. And you'll hear us talk about complex carbs a lot. And there's two different kinds of complex carbs. There's a complex fibrous carb. And then there's also something called a complex starchy carb. And carbs are an essential building block because this is what your body breaks down into glucose. And glucose is what your body uses for your brain to function. And since the brain is the most important part of our body, that has the highest demand of fuel. So the more carbs we consume, the more our body creates glycogen for our brain, and that's what our body uses for fuel. So people who cut carbs will experience a a kind of a crash or a kind of a fogginess or a haze. And that's because their body now has to source glucose from other 
means to generate energy for the brain. So like I said, 50% of your diet should come from carbs. So Brooke, why don't you share with us some good examples of complex carbs? Some of our favorites that we like to include with our meals, uh, quinoa, brown rice, oatmeal. I use oatmeal in place of a lot of things in our recipes, even when I make meatloaf. Take the breadcrumbs out, stick the oats in. Oh yeah, it's so good. Uh, Barley, millet, whole wheat, and whole grains. Uh, One thing to look for when you're grocery shopping is when you're buying your pastas and your loaves of bread, try to go for the one that says 100% whole grain and not just whole wheat. You'll get a lot more benefits out of the whole grain. Right. Right. So those are all good examples of complex starchy carbs. How about fibrous? Uh, Things like broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, bok choy, eggplant, and lettuces. All things that we incorporate into our meals. So 50% of your diet should come from carbohydrates, 30% from proteins. When it comes from protein, this can be sourced, whether it be animal protein or plant-based protein. But protein is one of those essential building blocks that helps our bodies build muscle. And it does this through the use of amino acids. And amino acids can be found in proteins. There's essential amino acids and then there's non-essential amino acids. The non-essential amino acids are the amino acids that your body generates naturally without any sort of protein source. The essential amino acids or the, the branch chain amino acids are acids that can only be obtained through our food and through what we eat. So you want to focus on consuming about 30% of your calories from your proteins. One of the things that you want to pay attention for is you want to look for high-quality proteins, whether it's animal or plant-based. 20 to 40 grams of protein per meal is usually a good baseline, and they also suggest eating proteins before and after weight training to help feed your muscles. We've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. When it comes to protein from meats, we try to find local producers. We are fortunate enough to have a local grass-fed meat producer. And if meat isn't your thing and you're trying to go with a plant-based diet, and if you have a good resource like Pinterest, you can look up and see the available resources and guides on the market that will tell you how to get some of your proteins from plant-based options if you're looking to go that way. The final thing, the final element to all this is fats. 20% of your diet, 20% of your calories should come from fats. Now, there are good fats and there are bad fats. And there are things that you should look for in your foods. You want to avoid any sort of trans fats or anything that's labeled as hydrogenated oils. And avoid anything that's deep fried But some essential fats, the essential fatty acids, there's omega-3s, omega-6s, and these can be sourced from various sources like fishes, nuts, and different vegetables like avocados, olives. Those sort of things will help you build that essential fatty acids that you need. One of the other things, too, you can also look at taking essential fatty acid supplements uh, like flaxseed oil or fish oils. But anyway, all of this stuff you're going to want to enter into a fitness tracker and how this all sort of ties together, especially if you use MyFitnessPal, 
as you put your meals in here, it'll tell you the different percentages. And at the end of the day, you can see if you hit the 50, 30, 20. And you want to establish a base and try to hit those marks at, with every, at basically at the end of every day. And if you're off by 1 or 2%, that's not the end of the world. Even off by 5% is not the end of the world. But the goal is you want to try to hit those macros as close as possible. And then what you can do is after you've sort of established this baseline, you can start to play with different portions. You can increase the percentage of carbs and decrease fats. You can increase your protein and decrease carbs. You can play around with these different macros to see how your body reacts the best. So that's why when people say, I'm going to cut carbs, I'm going to do this. My suggestion is always establish a baseline first so that way you know what works for your body and then start playing around with all that other stuff. And this is where I also suggest Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle by Tom Venuto. It goes in a lot more detail, much more than I could cover in this podcast. Anyway, I have taken up quite a lot of time. You still awake over there, Brooke? Sure am. Why don't uh, we go on to your segment? Why don't you tell us... What's going on with you? Well, before we start cooking with Brooke, I wanted to share a pick with you, uh, a book. Brooke's since, pick? Yes, yeah, since Ken hasn't shared any books, but this isn't a, you know, educational book. This is a cookbook. And mm. I know I've, you know, talked about this before, but your local library is an amazing source if you're looking for specific kinds of cookbooks. In the last couple of weeks, I've brought home Indian cookbooks and lots of vegan cookbooks. And normally the one thing we don't eat for dinner, maybe we should, but you get that stigma around you when people know that you eat healthy and everybody says to you, so what do you eat all the time? Salads. We don't really eat salads that much, to be honest with you. Nope. But for some reason, this book stood out to me in the library the other day. So I grabbed it, brought it home, and it's proven to be an interesting read. It's called Salad for Dinner, Complete Meals for All Seasons, and it's by Gene Kelly. Huh. And when you open it up, you have quite a few chapters. She breaks her salads down into specific categories. But what I liked about the book is the very first couple chapters is a glossary of greens and how to wash and store your greens, which is something I see a lot, waste of wilted or slimy greens. And she goes through step-by-step with what greens are in seasons throughout the year, so how you can make seasonal salads with what's there for you. And the recipes are all broken down into different categories. So if you're vegan or vegetarian, there's a whole separate chapter for salads that revolve around that. Salads with fish and seafood, with poultry, with meat, and she even has an entire chapter to make your own salad dressings, which, again, we love do-it-yourself, make-your-own dressings. So if salads are your thing and you're looking for different kinds of salad recipes, I highly recommend looking in your local library or even just looking up on Amazon and buying Salad for Dinner, A Complete Meals for All Seasons by Gene Kelly. Man, how about that? A two-for-one special. Ken's pick followed by Brooke's pick. Well, it's true. I don't really make that many salads, but there are some really amazing salad recipes in that book. Well, now that we have 
uncover the truth of salads. Why don't we jump into what's cooking with Brooke? We have a lot of meals to go over because we did skip a week. So what I'm going to try and do is we'll brace through the good meals, but we'll pause to reflect on some of the most memorable meals from this last week and a half. Oh, good call. Good call. (laughs) So some of my favorite meals since our last podcast was one that we discussed called kichadi, and I said it last time. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. It was uh, a forks over knives recipe, and it was marketed as Indian comfort food. It was a delicious uh, one-bowl meal, and the base of that meal was lentils and rice, and they are cooked long-term on the stove for about 45 to 50 minutes with a slew of spices. You came home from work that day and you were like, what is that smell? Like you couldn't In a good place, way. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't place. There were so many spices that cooked into that rice and lentils. Turmeric, cloves, uh, coriander. There was garlic and pepper. And um, the only thing that was not in there was curry. This is the only, like, traditional spice that really wasn't boiled in with that. Uh, So you slow-cooked the lentils and the rice, and in the meantime, you made the vegetable base, and that all got thrown into the same pot, and it was, like, almost like just a big, giant one-pot meal. And then the best part was we grated walnuts, So it almost looked like there was a Parmesan cheese on top, but it was actually grated walnuts. It was really good. I like that meal. What else we got? Uh, Hawaiian barbecue tofu bowls. This one got an amazing response on Instagram, almost 90 likes, which for us, that's pretty big big for us. Trying to hit that three-digit mark. Share us with your friends. So, I mean, I know you really enjoyed this. It... The tofu, you had to, I think this made the difference. The tofu had to drain for almost a half hour, which is like the longest amount of time we've ever drained our tofu. And I think that really helped. It really sucked in the barbecue sauce. Yeah, and usually when we drain our tofu, it's usually like, I don't know. Ten minutes. Ten minutes at the most. And it's not like a huge involved process. I just put a little bit of weight between the tofu and let it kind of just settle naturally. But this one had us drain it for quite a long time. So it was it was like a sponge. Put it in with the, the barbecue sauce that we had found that was a pretty natural. I think there was no high fructose right. corn syrup in it. I think it was, it was Newman's Own. Yeah, Newman's Own. And uh, the tofu just absorbed that barbecue sauce and cooked really, it turned out really awesome. And this bowl was cooked with couscous instead of a rice which I thought went really well with everything in the bowl. The vegetables in the bowl were sliced zucchini, red onions, and rainbow bell peppers. And then we grilled some pineapple steaks and topped that with Bob's Red Mill flaked coconut. Shout out to Bob's again. (laughs) So that was one of the memorable meals. And last night's dinner really was good. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. We did a walnut crusted Mm -hmm. chicken piccata and we served that with whole grain spaghetti and some roasted green beans and yellow summer squash. 
the the breading for the chicken, there was no egg, no flour. It was just chicken breast that was rolled in grated walnut, and it made the most amazing crispy breading on the chicken. I think if we do like a breaded meat again, even I wonder how tofu would taste if we were to coat it with something and then bread it rather than using bread crumbs or, or panko flakes to use um, ground down walnuts. It was it it added that rich like nutty flavor to it. It was really good. And I think those were probably my three favorite meals from the last week and a half. So we're just going to give nods to the okay meals that turned out good that weren't just, you know. Well, a thrown together meal was the breakfast bean burrito meal. That was a meal that Ken actually cooked because I had a By ladies myself. night. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm a, I'm an adult. I can make my own meals <laughs> and I have do I do have some culinary skills and I believe the burritos got around 50 some likes, which isn't bad. It's actually pretty good. Uh, I went real simple. I just uh, scrambled eggs and a lot of beans. There's a mashed avocado in there. Topped it with some green chili uh, lime like salsa. And then, of course, my go-to my go-to man, sriracha. I uh, cooked these on top of our griddle. And it made for a quick but really filling breakfast burrito. I don't do cheese. I put cheese in for the kids. Nutritional yeast. I put I nutritional yeast on mine though. So that was my contribution to beyond 24 days. <laughs> Thank you very much. We had two other meals this week. The first one was a Chinese five spice ground turkey. If you've never hmm. had the blend of five spice, it's incredibly unique. It's when you taste it, it's like, okay, I've tasted that before. But you still can't get over it every time you smell it and taste it. There's just this sweet but spicy smell to it. There's like something on the back note of it that's just entirely different. We have gotten it from our spice vendor at Market, who I believe grinds it and makes it themselves. But I I have seen it in the Asian section of the grocery store. Hmm. So if it's, you know, if you don't have a Market or you can't go get it fresh ground, I believe you can get it in just a regular grocery store. Hmm. That was made. It was the ground turkey. And then we put some summer squash and zucchini zoodles in with that and served it with brown rice. It was just a really good, almost an Asian fake out meal, as you call it. Yes. (laughs) The other day we had a grass fed beefy Southwest skillet. It was a one pan meal Red and yellow peppers, onions, lots of um, spices like chili powder and cumin. It really packed the punch. And there was rice in it. I'm sorry. There was rice in it. Mixed with rice. But honestly, you're going to laugh at me. My favorite part about that meal was not the entree itself. It was the asparagus that I roasted on the side. Yeah, there was a little bit of a tussle in the kitchen afterwards going back for seconds. We weren't going back for seconds of the Southwest skillet meal. We were going back for seconds of that asparagus, which sadly did not make it to lunch the next day. (laughs) And the last meal I want to talk about was actually not a flop meal, but it was something I had to improvise on. The meal was supposed to be a Tuscan sorghum soup. I was so excited, got to market, got to the grain shop, got my sorghum, 
And then it was one of those instances where I didn't read the recipe before I made it, waited to the last minute, and then saw that I had to have cooked sorghum. And that takes about 45 minutes to an hour to cook. And I had about 10 minutes to get something in a pot on Soup Tuesday. Yeah, it didn't work. So I thought fast on my feet. I had all the other ingredients except for the sorghum, looked in my cabinet, and saw that, again, I had some Bob's Red Mill tricolored couscous and threw that in, had a quarter of a box of whole grain couscous and threw that in. I hope Bob is listening, by the way. <laughs> and I just made, we, we turned the Tuscan sorghum soup into Tuscan couscous soup, and it was just as good. I think I even called it Tuscan chicken couscous yes, soup. Yes, I'm sorry. That's all right. And that That's was good. another easy uh, soup meal because you were to use cooked chicken. So I picked up a rotisserie chicken at the store the day before. We just shredded it, and it was like, bloop, dump it in. And the soup was done within a few minutes. One of the last things that we most recently posted was um, we don't have a microwave. And I think maybe we have talked about that before. The no, fact we, we haven't. Don't have oh, surprise. We live in the Stone Age. No. I can probably bore everybody with all the amazing details of why we don't have a microwave. But the long story short of it is we do have a microwave. It's mounted above our oven range. And the microwave died, but it also is our little kitchen hood. So we can't really get rid of it because it still functions as a hood for our stove. So we have a microwave. It doesn't work. And we've actually learned to make do without a microwave. I found that not having a microwave saves us from eating foods that we probably shouldn't eat. Right. Foods that are quick and easy to warm up. No more microwave dinners. (laughs) Anyway, since we don't have a microwave, we wanted to watch a movie last night and have a little bit of popcorn. So we went out and bought popcorn. Some Shiloh Farms multicolored corn kernels. They are organic, non-GMO. They are delicious. And we just pop those on the oven top using a little pot with a little bit of oil inside. And uh, that actually got quite... A lot of, I don't know, likes, I guess, a lot of views on Instagram. I kept getting notifications saying that we had over, I don't know, 60 or some views. So it was just a nice little thing we, we did. Uh, instead of going with the pre-bagged popcorn, we just popped our own. And I was actually a little shocked because we didn't put butter or anything on it. We didn't even put salt on it. I took a little bit of Creole seasoning and sprinkled that over the top of the popcorn I tasted it to my palate. It tasted really good, really fresh. But in my head, I thought, oh, man, the kids really aren't going to go for this. There's no butter. There's no salt. And I was blown away when they almost devoured the entire bowl. Did not last very long at all. So that was a little bit of a taste of last week. What is in store for this week coming up? Well, we're actually doing our podcast a little bit earlier in the day, so we haven't gotten our meal made today. So later today, you can look forward to seeing Dragon Bowls pop up on our Instagram feed. And no, much to my kids' disappointment, we're not eating dragon meat tonight (laughs) for dinner. But it's just essentially a roasted, roasted veggie bowl, roasted chickpeas. There is a rice base. And there will be some soft-boiled eggs on top of that. Ooh, sounds good. 
Tomorrow's Meatless Monday is going to be a slow cooker coconut quinoa curry. It's kind mm. of a all-in-one meal with our chickpeas, quinoa, vegetables, and curry sauce all together. Gotta love them chickpeas. Soup Tuesday is going to be butter bean and potato soup. And there, again, we're not afraid of those carbs, so we're going with beans and potatoes. Oh, boy. Uh, we're going to be having our market turkey sausage, and I might try and jazz up the sides a little bit. Maybe we can get some good recipes for sides, because I think sides are sometimes neglected. It's usually about the main course. Huh. So I'll try and jazz up my sides with that meal. I'm doing jazz hands, just so <laughs> everyone can see. We're going to be having a chicken shawarma. And that will be served on oat flax pita bread. Mm, man. A Spanish chickpea stew with spinach. This is like tastes around the world. And we're going to end our week with one of your favorites, a slamming salmon meal. Oh. A cranberry and honey salmon. Oh, man. Cranberry and what? Honey? Yep. Oh, man. That sounds so good. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Well, those are what you can expect to see on the blog for the week coming up. I know that this week is going to be a pretty busy week ahead of us. And as Brooke mentioned, we are actually recording the podcast a little bit earlier. I don't know if I'm going to release this earlier. I guess maybe I will just to make up for the fact that we missed last week. But we should be returning to our weekly schedule after this, releasing on Tuesday nights, Tuesday mornings. So we hope you guys will join us then. Next week, we plan on talking about going back to the basics, back to basics with Beyond 24 Days and covering just some of the real basic stuff when it comes to clean eating and shopping at the grocery store. Navigating your way around where to avoid and where to stay. Yes. So like I said, hope you guys join us then. And thanks for joining us this time around. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.